This is episode number 126 of the High Impact Leaders Podcast, your shortcut to personal growth and career success. Welcome to High Impact Leaders. I'm your host, Doug Stannard of the Leaders Institute, and our goal is to help you build strong teams while growing a successful business. On this episode, I'm going to cover how, if you happen to be a manager or a supervisor, you can strengthen some of your leadership skills. And and if you're a long-term listener, by the way, of the podcast, a few months back, I covered the difference between soft skills and management skills and supervisory skills and leadership skills. And each of those different skill types has a purpose in the business world. However, if you're in a management or a supervisory position and you get really good at some of the leadership skills that we talked about, you're going to improve morale within your team and make your group have more of a family atmosphere. And and that really makes it effective for everybody. Uh, We'll also on this episode kind of show you how to be a better coach and how to be a better mentor for your team members. By the way, the episode is brought to you by the Leaders Institute. For details about leadership development or how to create a team culture, visit our website at www.leadersinstitute.com. And if you have a question or comment for me, you can always tweet me at Doug Standard or contact me via the website. In addition, if you like the episodes, I'm going to ask a really big favor of you. If you wouldn't mind going to the place that you download your podcast from, and making sure and give us a, a five-star review and maybe leave a comment to help other people. That makes it much easier for folks to be able to find us on the different podcasting platforms. All right, so let's get on with the five C's of management. So I'm going to start this session out with a couple of questions. Do managers need to develop good coaching skills? So I kind of tell you where this episode came from. A few months ago, I was flying home from a, uh, a management leadership program that I was teaching for a company in Phoenix. And um, one of the benefits of being a frequent flyer, you know, I fly quite often, is that on rare occasions, the airline will bump me up to first class, which is kind of cool. I'm I'm too cheap to actually pay for first class, but if they're going to give it to me for free, I will happily take the first class and all of the drinks. Uh, And this time was one of those situations. So I'm flying back from teaching this leadership development class, this management class. And I was one of the first people on the plane because first class kind of gets on first and I had a window seat, which was kind of cool. Typically I like the, I like the aisle, but if you have a window seat, you can kind of lean up against it and take a nice nap, which I was kind of exhausted from teaching all day. Uh, So that was great. So I put my, you know, bag up in the overhead compartment. And while I'm doing that, the flight attendant came over and offered me a, a, a drink. I got a Woodford reserve, which is my favorite adult beverage and had that before we left the ground. That grand is in the plastic cup. You know, when you get up in the air, they get in, they give it to you in glass, but still, you know, nice. It was a nice bonus. And um, so, I mean, this was turning into a great flight, short flight. Uh, and so basically I kind of put my AirPods in and began scanning social media on my iPad, you know? So, and, and as I'm doing that, the guy who's sitting next to me showed up and he put his bag away as well. And, and uh, I looked up at him and smiled and, you know, it's just being polite. And then he, as he kind of seated himself and then quickly, I kind of glanced back at my, at my iPad again, uh, you know, because you don't want to make eye contact too long because in the person will think you want to chat. 
um, uh, since I had just finished teaching a, you know, it was a long teaching day. A lot of times what I like to do when I'm on the plane is just kind of recharge my battery. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I think they call that an introverted person. I give off lots of energy when I'm teaching and so I'm exhausted after I finished teaching. And so I got my Air- AirPods in and, and I just want to kind of reach out, recharge quiet and alone. All of a sudden I see this guy's lips moving <laughs> and, to be honest, I'm not sure exactly how long his lips were had been moving because I was intently focused on the cat video or whatever it was that I was watching. And so I pulled out my my uh, left earbud and and I heard him say, hey, so you going home or are you going to work? And I replied, you know, again, being polite, uh, letting him know that I was going home. And, and then he asked what I was doing in Phoenix and still not wanting to encourage, you know, the conversation. I just replied back, I was here to teach a class. And um, his eyes kind of lit up and he asked me, oh, wow, what do you teach? And I'm like, oh, crap, I think I just screwed up. I should have should have been a little bit more evasive anyway. Um, I'm kind of making fun of myself a little bit because that's kind of the way I am when I'm after kind of teaching a class. Um, but but the conversation that I had with this guy was fascinating. Uh, he was a, a, a pretty um, successful guy. He was kind of telling me a little bit about what he did. And so at this point, I've I've already putting my earbuds, I'm already putting my earbuds back into the, their case. Uh, and then I answered him. I said, Hey, I help I help companies develop management skills within their company leaders, or in some cases like their sales team, which is what I was doing that day. And as the conversation continued, it hit me that this guy was asking very good questions. In fact, he was exhibiting more of the essential coaching skills that I was teaching that day to this group of people than I was on the, on the plane. And uh, and he seemed fascinated by my responses, which was kind of cool. And the longer that the conversation went on, the more fascinated I was with with this guy as well. During the conversation, though, it came up. I, I asked him, "Hey, if he considered his boss to be a good manager?" And he said, "Yeah, I like him, and and he's really good at what he does." And then I asked him if he thought his boss was a good leader, and he, he paused for a second and he said, "No, um, I." I don't think he actually is. And by the way, that man is not alone. Alone, According to a survey from Good Hire, most people like their manager. In fact, the survey showed a few interesting that things that actually sound a little contrary to each other. They said 70% of workers enjoyed working for their manager. They like the manager. They enjoy working for them. But they said 82% say they would quit because of a bad manager, and only 22% believe that their manager trusts them, especially when they're working remotely or when they're not in the office. Now, granted, the survey really only asked about the trust level related to remote work. However, I think the survey shows something that, that that's interesting and in that there's a little bit of a disconnect there. Most workers like their boss. They, they say that if they didn't like their boss, they'd quit, so they're still working there. And uh, however, just because that we like each other doesn't necessarily mean that we all trust each other either. So this understanding offers a tremendous opportunity for managers and supervisors to set themselves apart from the competition because managers or team leaders who develop important leadership skills can actually help build trust within their direct reports. Assuming that your team members already like you, and we hope they do, if they didn't, they probably would have quit already. Um, these are the things that we're going to cover in today's sessions are things that you can do to, to build those leadership skills so that the trust level increases pretty dramatically and helps you coach them a little bit better. So keep in mind, 
that the BA success and business consistent performance um, improvement is, is kind of critical. So you may be good at one or more of the key skills that we're going to outline in, in the session today, but these ideas are really ones that you have to consistently improve on uh, on a regular basis. Think about improving your team performance, like become a, a world-class athlete. You can take a class once and improve the skill in a sport dramatically. However, if you never practice that skill ever again, you're never going to become a world-class athlete. So if you want to think of yourself as being a world-class manager, these are things that we have to continually improve on because we're never we're never going to be perfect in these things. So um, the, the same is really, is really true here. So uh, you can attend a management training course and each one of those um, management courses that you can attend is going to help you improve your communication skills, going to help you grow in emotional intelligence, those kind of things. But good coaching occurs when managers develop skill improvement over time. You can't be a great coach by just giving positive feedback one time and then go back to doing what you were doing. So uh, it's a good idea as we kind of go through these things to set goals to develop the habit of continuous learning in each of these areas. Good coaches will spend a day or a week or so focusing on each one of the ideas that I cover. And then once they create new behaviors in each of those areas, then they go back and focus on each area again weeks later. The more that you study the ideas, the more times you're going to develop an entirely new approach in each one of these areas. And, and that's really what makes the, the growth process really, really effective. All right. So let's kind of go through the five C's, five things that you really want to focus on to be a good coach to your team and to really build a trust level. The first one is character. Before managers develop coaching skills, you must first have great character. <laughs> this should go without saying, but if you have a low or immoral character, nobody's going to follow you. So before you focus on being a better coach, make sure that you focus first on personal growth. People will not follow someone for very long if they don't trust them. Uh, a, a great coaching technique or an alteration in management style is not going to work if your team doesn't have a high level of trust in you and your character and really in each other as well. A, a good example of this, by the way, happened in 2018, 2019, just pre-pandemic. That's when the Me Too scandal before COVID hit, that was what was on every TV all day, every day was the Me Too scandal. And it brought a lot of these trust issues to the surface. Um, one of them that I remember was that there was uh, in the New York Times, the CEO of McDonald's was ousted because he was having a consensual relationship with the senior executive on his team. And the board, they, they basically, they said they fired the CEO because it was inappropriate to show favoritism based on emotions rather than on the best interests of the company. And, and they were right, by the way. The CEO has to be the model for his or her leadership team. A true leader provides employees with a with an example or a model to try to strive for. The best managers I've ever worked with were the ones that I looked up to. <laughs> they were my career role models. I wanted to be like them when I grew up, so to speak. Um, and so, if you want to be a great manager, you want to be that that role model. I'll give you a really good example because I, I was um, I, when I was when I was uh, in college, I was a pretty good student, and so as a result, I ended up getting two internships. Um, one was during my junior year and and uh, and the other was my senior year as well. Uh, but the first of these in my junior year was with this huge fortune 500 company. And I, I during that entire three months that I was there working on this big campus, 
uh, I think I saw my boss maybe four times. I saw him the first day and the last day, and maybe twice in between. I think there was a meeting that we all went to at one point, you know, a month in or something like that. But I, I didn't really have a, a relationship with him. I didn't really, he, he didn't do any coaching with me. And, and I'm sure he was a really good guy, but he and I had, we had absolutely no relationship. Uh, the next summer though, uh, I, an entrepreneur hired me and um, I was one of five employees in the entire company. Well, six counting, there was a remote guy, but, um, but basically uh, out of the five people that were in the office every day, um, three of those employees were the guy that hired me, the boss, his dad and his mom, his dad who started the company that he took over and his mom, who was the receptionist, uh, really nice people, very sweet and everything. Uh, and even though I was the new employee, I it was as though he had brought me into his family. I mean, it, it was it was really a family kind of atmosphere. Now he was stern and he expected high performance, which I I, I didn't really appreciate at the time. But years later, I, I kind of realized how how the things that he was teaching me, those things helped me build my character when I became my own, when I started on my own company, right? Um, the main thing that I remember about that summer though is, is I mean, this was years and years and years ago, was that was this man's character. Every day when I came to work, I said to myself, man, I want to be just like him. I, this is what I, what I get to be, he was in his early 40s. And man, when I get to be in my early 40s, I want to be just like that guy. And interestingly, by the time I was his age, I was kind of doing a similar things to what he was doing. So he was a really good role model for me. So if you want to be a good leader, oh, by the way, that never happened. That I never once said that in my head or out loud the previous summer when I was working for the big Fortune 500 company. So if you want to be a good leader for your team, you want to create an example where they see they say those same words every day when they walk in. So the second C and the five C's are is caring. In order to be a great coach for your team, you really have to care about each of those team members intently. The old cliche is true. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Uh, when Lou Holtz was coach at Notre Dame, the second question he used to ask every player before being selected to play after he asked them, can I trust you, was, do you care about me, your teammates, and Notre Dame? If the player had a selfish motive, selfish motive for being on the team and, and didn't care enough to put the team's interests first, then he didn't want that young man on the team. He also said that if the young man didn't believe that he could trust the coach and feel cared about in return, he shouldn't want to be on the team in the first place. Leaders show that they care about their team personally as well as professionally. Employee, employee engagement will dwindle if they don't feel cared about and feel connected to their company. So feeling cared for by a company and its leaders really encourages employees to put forth their best effort. The best effort will flow into productivity and new ideas and new innovations. The most successful managers will kind of look for and recognize budding employee experience and help it flourish with consistent coaching. So the easiest way to show that you care about each and every team member is to begin informal coaching conversations with each one of them. This, this doesn't have to be a formal meeting. The process can be just as simple as starting a conversation with, hey, where do you want to be in three to five years from now? Or how can I help you get there? Uh, effective managers can, can become effective leaders by starting these new conversations with their team. 
The third C is commitment. Managers need to have a passion for their business. And that passion, that, that passion is going to be contagious. That commitment that you have will be shown as other people begin to, to, to do what you do as well. Um, there's a poster on the gym wall in the, in the uh, Clint Eastwood movie, uh, Million Dollar Baby. Uh, it says, winners are simply willing to do what losers won't. So the whole time she's kind of in the gym, the the, uh, the the if you've never seen the movie, it's yeah, 20 years ago now. So um, some of you may not have seen it, but it's about a, a woman boxer who starts from scratch, knows nothing and kind of works her way up to be a, a, a superstar. And, and it kind of shows some of the challenges that we she was going through during the learning process. And and of course, she a lot of times she's in the gym by herself and it's kind of darkened because she's the only one there. And there's a poster right over her shoulder every time that 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 she's in there. So the poster again says winners are simply willing to do what losers won't. Leaders are like that also. They do things that poor managers won't do. Sam Walton was founder of Walmart and he bought a tiny little five and dime store in a town in Northwest Arkansas that only had probably five or 600 people max and a little tiny town. And he built that company into one of the biggest companies in the world in a couple of decades. It was a remarkable success story. And what was his number one rule for business success? He said, commit to your business, believe in it more than anybody else. And he also, as an explanation in there, he said, I think I overcame every single one of my personal shortcomings by the sheer passion I brought to my work. I don't know if you're born with this kind of passion or if it, or if you can learn it, but I do know you need it. <laughs> if you love your work, you'll be out there every day trying to do it to the best of your ability. And pretty soon, everybody around you will catch the passion from you like a fever. Inspirational words kind of thing that, that I, I mean, Sam said it better than probably any of us could. Um, a company can really flourish with good work, but a new company just starting out won't thrive without ambition driven by passion. If I don't believe in an idea or a goal, how can I expect my staff to? Much less expect them to follow me. <laughs> so management's drive sets the tone for the company goals. Effective management will guide employee performance towards strong results. A poor manager instead will drive employees out, <laughs> followed by increased employee turnover. So the next C is confidence. Good leaders and good managers show confidence to their team members. By far, one of the most important skills to develop when you want to lead people is confidence. Leaders know where they're going and they demonstrate that by the words that they use and the actions that they that they use so that everybody around them knows that there's no doubt that they're going to get to that 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 goal furthermore they make you want to go with them they instill confidence in you when you get to believe in yourself and your team and and the team sees you as a winner and they see themselves as winners it it, it makes everything just kind of roll a good example of this was during World War II, the United Kingdom was in turmoil. The Nazis attacked and bombed major cities all over the island, especially London. The, the British people needed a confident leader. So in the middle of the war, they elected Winston Churchill as prime minister. And interestingly, he wasn't elected because great people skills. He wasn't a great people leader. 
In fact, he'd been passed over for prime minister a number of different times by more savvy politicians. He was actually elected because at the time, the United Kingdom needed a bold and confident leader. One of his most famous speeches was the never give in speech, often misquoted, but these were the actual words that he said. He said, never give in, never give in, never, never, never in nothing great or small, large or petty, never give in except to convictions of honor and good sense. There was no flinching and no thought of giving in. And by what seemed almost a miracle to those outside these islands, though we ourselves never doubted it, we now find ourselves in a position where I can say that we can be sure that we have only to persevere to conquer. So Churchill's leadership style would prove so powerful that he got elected prime minister again in 1951, years after after um, World War II is over. The point here is that confidence can overcome a lot of our deficiencies. Be bold and believe in yourself and your team will believe in you as well. The next C is communication. Coaching skills for managers depend on good communication skills. Leaders have crystal clear, compelling visions and they communicate those visions repeatedly. One of the last traits of a good leader and a good manager is to communicate very effectively. The right person will use their communication to push things in the right direction of the company goals. One important point is that people like to communicate in different ways. And in the next few episodes, we're going to explore how to determine the communication style that each team member on your group in your team prefers. But for now, there are a couple of really quick, important things that that can help us communicate more effectively. Number one, first, good managers, good leaders listen more than they give direction. A poor manager will start each day by checking off the tasks that need to be accomplished by each one of his or her um, staff. Instead, ask your team members what the priorities for the day are from their perspective. And if one or more of your priorities are not on the list, ask them if they'll be able to get to that item as well. Basically, it makes it to where it's a discussion. It makes it to where they're now in control of their time. They're not waiting for you to give them direction because guess what? If you call in sick one day and you're not there, we're not not training them to be self-sufficient. So second, you want to be careful about solving challenges for your team. Uh, And and this is something that those of us who um, have have been in kind of leadership roles for a while. You know, we kind of get used to people coming to us for advice and it's a trap. You can fall into that trap. I fall into this every day. I have to fight the urge to give my my team advice when they ask for it. Uh, for instance, um, often, by the way, when somebody asks me for advice, they're, they're not really looking for me to tell them what to do. Instead, they're looking for approval. They already know what they want to do, but they just want approval. So instead, try responding with a phrase like, so what do you think we should do? Just saying something like that and making it a part of the the, the process helps you kind of build their confidence and helps them become autonomous leaders as well. So now you're using your leadership skills to replace you so that you can move up in the organization. Managers who develop these qualities will create an environment where their team will be willing to do what they wouldn't otherwise be willing to do. Not only that, 
But job satisfaction is going to increase when employees work under really, really good management with leadership skills. So thanks a lot for being a part of High Impact Leaders. See you next week. Thank you.